0: Hey everybody, it's hey. Then Again with Ken and Glenn. I'm Ken. I'm Glenn. And you can't tell the difference because you can't see us. Well, I guess our voices are different. Our now.
1: voices are exactly identical. <laughs>
0: exactly. Even toned, cogent, and objective throughout. Uh, Not a hint us, of accent. Which brings us to uh, what, what we probably both hit, were hit with a
1: surprise this past Monday or Tuesday because I can't remember back that far. The fire at uh, Notre Dame Cathedral uh, this, this past week. Which was absolutely horrific, um, whether you're Catholic or not, whether you're French or not. It is hard to deny that that is one of the— Whether you're a cathedral or, th- or not. Or that you're a cathedral or not. <clears throat> that place is one of the touchstones of medieval history for, for all of Europe. I mean, it's it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It has so much history. The sheer skill that goes into it and the and the architectural exactly. prowess and, and the engineering, It's it's just a wonderful place, and to see it on fire, of course— for everyone who's not a totally heartless, terrible human being, it I think it felt, well, indescribable when, right, when, right. when you saw those flames. But, but
0: like you say, when you touched on the skill thing, I mean, you know, we've, we've both studied medieval towns and cities and what made them tick and, and, and the sorts of skills that went into these amazing genius skills that went into building a high Gothic cathedral like Notre Dame. And that's why, you know, I'm being somewhat tongue-in-cheek when I say this, but I, when I did see a thing that literally said burn to ashes, I'm like, well, actually, since most of the building's stone, if you've got a fire that's turning this thing into stone, Paris has much larger problems, like it's a nuclear blast. But what this really what we really want to talk about, what this is the segue into, is the talk about preservation. You know, the, the cathedral, mercifully, it is just, I say just, just the wooden parts that have burned. I mean, the the body of this thing is is stone and it's there and it can be, the wooden parts can be replaced as they have been over the centuries. But we wanted to talk a little bit about what is preservation? What goes into preservation? How do you preserve? And Glenn, I wanna take it even, even further than not, not just with objects, but just how is history preserved in general books oral tradition that sort of thing but but you go ahead and talk a little bit about say the, the yeah, building well, aspect
1: well, and I, you know and to your point of how history is preserved i think that one of the things that from from the events this this week are that most of it isn't i mean that <laughs> yeah. th- that fire in that cathedral was a visceral modern example of how the past has mostly disappeared through war through the ravages of time, right. mostly through fire. Was that the original roof? No, it nope. was not. Was that the original spire? No, nope. it was not. It was it was only nineteenth century. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, in the eighteen fifties, who cares if that burns? That's that's <laughs> only 150 years old. But 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 history, let me back up. As you are often <laughs> heard to be pounding into the heads of the proletariat, history is an inquiry into the past. It is not the past itself. Right. So let me let me restate that. Sure. The past has mostly disappeared. Right because of the things that were, we were eyewitness to around the world this past Monday. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you want to talk about, uh, that's a good, dis- I'm glad
0: you, you, you reminded them of the distinction between history and past. So when something like Notre Dame is going to be rebuilt, renovated, repaired is really what we should say. Yes. Cause that's what's going on. It's being repaired. It's a thousand years old. So, yeah, exactly. You know, an inquiry into the past is inherent in that process. You know, the inquiry into the past that history is, is what's going to make us be able to repair it because there are records. As a matter of fact, uh, by by a, a you know, stroke of fate, uh, I believe it was three or four years ago, a professor here in the United States had just finished this massive digital mapping of every single square inch of Notre Dame, and they've already... I've already heard French officials saying
1: we're going to be relying heavily on that. And do you know why they took that? This is what kills me. Well, it was uh, they did it for Assassin's Creed, the video game. <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> I didn't. They, 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 that. they took these to make a very realistic three D world for the game Assassin's Creed because he's in Paris right. and he's having to run through and assassinate people in the vestry. <laughs> I don't know what the game is right, about. Right, right, exactly. But those, that was the main driving purpose of those three-dimensional scans, those digital scans. And lo and behold, that is going to be one of the best tools we wow. have, We the, the, right. the, the, the restorers, right. to, to, to create what was. Now... Well, I me mean, th- th- a quick thing. I, I like that because what that illustrates is how
0: all-encompassing, wide-ranging, and open an inquiry into the past has to be because you're going to find perhaps an unexpected source that helps you with what you need to be doing and that's certainly one I wouldn't have expected.
1: No, exactly. And you know that's that's one of the the interesting things about the inquiries into the past is you discover these nuggets that you didn't think would be would be that valuable. A quick example that we have in our own galleries here the the great tornado of 1936 that came through Gainesville in April, uh, we have video footage from the day after of all the damage, of all the, right. the the work being done and things. And we have that because insurance companies sent guys with cameras into the city immediately following right. just to get footage for insurance right, purposes. Right.
0: There's, there's, no, there's no Department of History squad that sends <laughs> trained historians to, to an event to make sure it's, it's ancillary stuff. Yeah. And, and with you mentioning the insurance, a lot of these things, a lot of things you find out, our financial records. When we look at, when we see a will from 200 years ago, we're like, ah, gold mine, because he's yeah. going to list or she's going to list. Here's what I owned, and if I know what you owned, I get a pretty good picture of how you lived, because I see what your material culture was. So these these financial documents, seemingly dry financial, like here's a film made for the insurance claims. Yes. That sounds boring <laughs> exactly. until you see what it is. Until of. you see what it is of, yeah. Or you know, like George Washington's, you know. <laughs> His slave census, S- suddenly you know how many people he had, how many people were Martha's, quote, people, how they intermarried, how that affected the way he made his final will. What
1: they did for work. What they did for work. Know, how skilled I mean, they were, yes.
0: All of these things that you wouldn't expect are, are, tell the story, do tell the story. You know, you can't depend on—I mean— a newspaper article's great. A book or a memoir or a private reminiscence or a letter, that's great. There's all these other, perhaps more objective things mm. that you can look at as well. It, yeah. It's all got to be interrelated. So
1: yeah, so, so thanks, Assassin's Creed, <laughs> Exactly. Fourth search for the tomb of But But also
0: on the, on the topic of just preservation itself of, of an object or, or building or, you know, whatever. We're big nautical fans here at the Northeast Georgia History Center. What with bordering on the Atlantic and all. <laughs> we do not. You can't even them. see. We don't it. even nope. know where it is. But uh, but, but we are big 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 Royal Navy fans and 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 ship fans in general. And so you know one of the things about like seeing uh, HMS Victory or the the Constitution, mm-hmm. the USS Constitution. I mean, you go ahead and take it from here. Well, yeah. So so I have. These, been these the are quote original warships. What right. are but they? I, but
1: I have been on the Victory. And you know one of the things about naval ships is they float in the water, salt water specifically. <laughs> yes. A- and they they even even when these ships were in their primes during their military lifespan, they were constantly having to be worked on and repaired and maintained. Undergoing maintenance, yeah. And spars and mast and bulkheads all replaced and everything. So when you go aboard the HMS Victory. Pretty much everything you can see at some point has been replaced in the past, and sometimes the recent past. Mm-hmm. However, when you get down into the bowels of the ship, uh, the victory specifically, you start to see timbers that look very different from the ones you saw right. on the deck and on the way down, and those those are original timbers, the place where Nelson died there' below decks those timbers are real those timbers saw that event right? plus the other events that that victory saw at its at its various battles right? but on the surface the appearance because they have been maintained mm-hmm. to a certain point they may they they may they're done in a historical si- style in an right. authentic style right. they are not of and by themselves from that time period right. in history, and that's just what happens. Same right. with the Notre Dame Cathedral. Goodness, it's a, it's the same with your house. I right. mean, think about the things right. you've fixed in your house that were different from when you moved. Right, down. but what
0: that what that then brings up then is how useful is a term like preserved? How how can any one thing really truly be completely preserved? Like with the USS Constitution, right? I mean. Virtually none of it is original at this point. It's like the, and the keel is original. The keel, the keel, the, the keel, and, 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 and some and, and, of the again some right, of those internal right. timbers. But 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 but, it, but it's a lot less original than say the Victory, and and that sort of brings up an anecdote I was sharing with uh with David French, our museum services extraordinaire guy. Good old day. David. I was talking about let let let's say, and this was a hypothetical, but it illustrates you know things that happen. Yeah, you're at the you're at the Paul Revere Museum in 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 Boston, and here's a replica of his silversmith shop. Here's, uh, here's the very hammer that he used to, to, make, this silver, uh, to make this piece of silver thing. this piece of silver thing. And, you know, the, the handle was replaced in 1805, and then the head was replaced in 1930. But it's the original piece. It's like, no, it's, it's a hammer. It's an old hammer, but it's not the Paul Revere hammer. It's not the hammer. hammer. And... and you know that's sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but that sort of thing happens, and you get to a point where you legitimately should call into question the legitimacy of something right. like the, you know, the. Oh, this is one that just kills me. The the Abraham Lincoln birthplace cabin. Well, it's not. It, the, his the cabin he was born in hasn't existed. Didn't he help build the birthplace? He, cabin? He, the cabin he the, the his birth his <laughs> built, built with his own two hands his birth cabin. Uh, he was just that amazing. Uh, but it's. It's not, it's not his birthplace. And now, of course, you know, there's a sign that says rep- reproduction of or replica of. But that word is, you know, rarely used by the interpreters. It's, it's, it's not bandied about. It just comes to be accepted as, oh, here's the cabin where he's born. Well, no, actually it isn't. And that's very common. I mean, and it can be for the loftiest of reasons, even if at the beginning when they said we're going to build a reproduction so we can better able understand right. his life and times. But over time, that sort of gets lost, and now it's just, here's this cabin well, you go to because it's where he was born, well, whether he was or not.
1: Well, is that cabin even on top of the spot of dirt no, where the is, cabin was where and he was born? And, that, and there's the
0: other thing. There you get into the Colonial Williamsburg Syndrome, which they will build a reproduction that's at least on the actual foundations right. and built as close as they know to how it looked. And, and, hey, that's laudable, but, you know, that one isn't even that. Well, here at the History Center, the White Path Cabin, I mean it is fantastic that we have that, but how much of that is actually from seventeen eighty?
1: Yeah. The the main structural most I should say most of the main structural logs are original. Not the roof, not the flooring, not the porch, right. not the stones in the chimney or <laughs> right. the fireplace or things like that. Yeah. So it has been moved, it's been restored, and that and that's the key. There are different yeah. levels. There are right. <clears throat> there are restorations, there are preservations and there are renovations okay. <laughs> i uh, would and, suggest
0: there's replications and, and, as, and, there, uh, and there's replication yeah. well
1: that 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 comes when yeah. the object is a replica proper, but like, right, right. like Notre Dame. Right. Most of what has happened in Notre Dame over the, oh, say, 850, 850 years. years of its lifetime yeah. are renovations right. where the people in the past were like, well, this needs something, you know, this wall needs some more propping up, or right. we need to repaint this, or we need to tear out the timber and put new timber because timber rots. Right. Because,
0: and because there have been fires
1: before. And because hey, there have been what, fires before. Hey, guess
0: what, folks? More. Fires have happened A lot. And and how do we know? Because they wrote about them and said, yes, we had a fire. We have to rebuild and renovate.
1: Yeah. And so so they're not necessarily, you know, in the past, they're not looking to say, we're going to build this exactly as it was. They're saying, we're going to build this pretty close to the style, but we also need it to be a functional, stable space. And that's the thing with historical objects, whether it is Paul Revere's hammer or whether it is an entire medieval cathedral. Stuff gets used in real life. Right. And it often gets used up. How many of you that we can't see, raise your <laughs> hand and tell me how many pairs of socks you have for when you were still six years old? Right. No one in here has their hands up because you don't keep it because it gets worn out. Well, yeah, exactly.
0: This, the fact that stuff wears out. As a matter of fact, that's why there's a whole uh, group of things we use at museums called consumables. We don't teach you living history or do living history demonstrations with original pieces. We do it with reproductions that we know are going to be consumed over time as we use them, and so we call them consumable. Right. And that's the way it should be.
1: And, and, and they're, they're, they're created and used in authentic fashion. Exactly. But they're not, quote, real. They're not from the time period. Right. Modern, that, that stuff's in the case.
0: Right. And, you know, you, you, when we talk about use, and especially like in the context of a historic home, Uh, You know, I worked at Mount Vernon, and one of the big struggles there, there was a degree of tension, and this isn't necessarily bad, and this is probably universal with, you know, big-time historic houses, but there was an ongoing tension between preservation and guest services. And access, yeah. Because guest services wants, we want to get a million-plus visitors through this house a year, and the preservationists are like, you know, that's really not what this house was built to do, right? that that that's too many people is another way of saying it and that's
1: a million people up and down, up and an, down a, an 1800 staircase exactly example, exactly tromping along and
0: and you know most of now vernon the house is original i mean it's, it, was, it was well built i mean it, it, although it has a soft spot in my heart because george really cobbled on a lot of additions not in the genius way that Thomas Jefferson did Monticello you want to talk about you want to talk about two houses that perfectly (laughs) illustrate their builders now I'm not I'm not knocking Mount Vernon but there there were some asymmetries there are some some quirky things you're like oh yeah he had to build it that way because the original building was the anyway um there was that ongoing tension. Let's do a founding father's architecture. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. A <laughs> little Our producer just had to adjust the game because I'm loud. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, the, the, the executive director at the time when I was there was, was actively pushing for more people through the house, more people through the house. And, you know, the, the, the few years I was there, I mean, it was a million plus each year. And then they kind of realized they started having to do a lot more maintenance on a lot of minor things. Now they were minor things, but they were a lot of them. And they realized, oh, oh, this is what the preservationists are always on about. Okay, we'll
1: we'll scale back a little bit. We'll scale back a little bit. They're still very proud of a million a year. It's all with history and objects. It's always a balance because yeah. you you know. You, you you want pe- the whole point is people to see this and learn right. from it and get the, the, these experiences with the objects or with a historic home or with a structure. You know, how many millions of people go through Notre Dame every year? That's that's yeah. a maintenance yeah. nightmare. Millions and millions and millions of francs to, to keep it up. And yet, when you want to preserve it, you have to limit the access and, and the way it's done. But you can't limit it to the point of no one ever being able right. to see it. There's a great... REM did a song about... <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Oh, that yeah, yeah. There's a historic building on, on the UGA campus, and, and people kept going up and down these historic steps. So the steps were getting... They're stone steps. They were getting worn out. So to protect the steps, they covered them up with corrugated steel. <laughs> and it's like, well, That's... The, 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 the stairs are now preserved. Right. And they're not going to wear out from all the footsteps on them, and yet... They're removed from anyone being able to ever see or interact with them in a meaningful way again. Right. So you can't, you can't wrap everything in corrugated steel. Right, and and that gets into the thing. And if, and but so, but so it's yeah. it's that it's that balance. But it's where there, do you find and if, that balance? And if there's
0: if there's that level, then to what purpose? Exactly. If it's if it's so preserved, no one will ever see it. Why is it preserved? Because no one, you know.
1: If no one, you can just read about it in a book. You don't yeah, need to go to Mount yeah, Vernon. You just you, look exactly, at the pictures. It's, exactly. it's not the same. Right. It's not right. the
0: same. And you actually, th- there's another side to all of this, too, is that uh, w- when you do have access to a historic structure, you have to deal with what that historic structure is. And there are a couple of real life examples I want to talk about. One of you and I walking in medieval turn shoes in England, <laughs> but also <laughs> the uh, the dance program in that house. In Tennessee, you went to recently, where the because of the nature of the steps, you you oh had yes. some mishaps.
1: <laughs> which which one should we do first? Let's do, let's do the let's do the steps in Tennessee, <laughs> okay. then we'll go to England. So uh, there's a house <laughs> named Cragfont um, in Tennessee, and it has the first purpose-built ballroom in that in that part of the country in in the state of Tennessee, because that's how you entertain. Now, yeah. when you when you Hear the word ballroom, you think of a Cinderella esque gigantic palace. It's not what we're I talking do. about. I do dream about it every and, night. And, <laughs> but but this ballroom is it's a it's a space big enough for dancing, but it's really only about maybe like 14 by 25 it's not right. giant but it's it's a quote big space right. you did a middle. lot of line
0: dancing folks like yes. back and forth yes. back and forth so, not country line but ca- yes but but, anyway. and, and,
1: and, but but so to get up there because they had to plop this ball this ballroom on top of the house somewhere the stairway to get to it is not like a – there were no codes back then <laughs> when they built this. So the stairs are very, very steep and very uneven. And, and somewhat small and choppy. And, and small and choppy. So, you know, you, you going as you know, going up steps isn't too bad. So yeah, I go up the steps, and I'm up there dancing my life away in my 1800s duds. and Your finery. My finery. And I'll go to come back down, and I miss the last step because it wasn't where it was supposed to be, and I just fall.
0: Whoa, whoa. I'll, keep going.
1: Straight on my knees. Straight on my knees. And someone looks at me and goes, you may rise. Because my friends don't care if I get hurt. That's true. And I'm like, ow, it hurt my knees so bad. I suggest, I'd better though- go back upstairs and dance a little more. And I did for another hour. And I may have had physical therapy after that, but it was totally worth it. All right. But it, what's interesting to me is you said because there was a, steer, a step where it
0: wasn't supposed to be. I would argue that at the time it was built, that step was exactly <laughs> it was. where it was supposed to be. But that, but that shows. It's, yeah. I mean, it, these, these are all valid things. You, you mentioned there was no code. Well, hey, folks, there wasn't a code. Right. Our rhythm of—this is so crazy. Something as simple as our rhythm of walking up and down steps takes on a different aspect when we do the inquiry into the past yes. of actually walking up and down Historic steps, state. historic yes. steps,
1: yeah, and and even this house, even it even fits within what we're talking about. It's a historic structure. It's it was it's older than the war um, war of eighteen twelve. I think it was built in eighteen ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet they were. Letting they said, us, "Well, that war's starting in two years. Uh, we got to get this, this house done. We got to get this ballroom <laughs> done." But they let the group who had been interpreting there all day go up and have a live music ballroom dance right. in this ballroom because otherwise. It's just an empty room that's right. dark every night when you shutter the place and lock the gates right. and drive away. So, you know, they don't have a ballroom dance up there every night, right. but, 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 but a couple of times a year, it's still open and, for you. And use. that's one of
0: the fringe benefits, those of us on the inside of the history trade, we that's get to right. do sometimes. As about, right. Yours truly, Ken Johnston, I've been inside the room that's in the Dome at Monticello. Oh, oh, oh sweet. <laughs> It was sweet. But uh, <laughs> so Glenn and I uh, had occasion to travel to England because we want to uh, do some living history at the Battle of Hastings event because it's the single most important event in European history.
1: World history. World
0: history. There we go. So anyway, fi- find us, fight us, prove us wrong. <laughs> anyway, so we're, you know, we're at this, you know, 11th century uh, abbey in, in battle, uh, England, and we're wearing our medieval turn shoes, which, if you don't know, this it's a very soft leather pair of shoes that you know it's stitched with the with the outside on the inside, and when they're done, they you turn them out. Turn shoes, uh, they're very comfortable. As a matter of fact, this even even before we got to England, these shoes were a thing because these are historically accurate shoes. Glenn and I only buy the finest reproduction Absolutely. items. Absolutely. As as anyone who is familiar with, with the the complaints that our sitting fit others give us about the money we spend will tell you. Shh. Uh, uh, so many thousands of dollars. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we were, you know, we were wearing our turn shoes here in the States before going over. And, and I tried mine on. I put them on. And there was this, like, little grassy hill next to my house. And I was like, ah, that's, that's perfect for pretending I'm running up the hill at Hastings. And I started running up and I was, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because, you know, it's, it's wet and it's grass and it's slick. And these are shoes, I, I, you know, because what, what I was doing was preparing to fall constantly. And in reality, whoop, right up the hill. I was like, what? Whoop, right down the hill, not falling. Just, I was like, Glenn. So when I got to work, the next day, the shoes, the thing. And so, and and you tried, did you try it before we got there? Or are you, I, I did. Or you I, were like, hey,
1: good, to, glad to hear it. Good to hear it because I didn't try it until we got right. there.
0: So we get there. And yeah, and it's it is fantastic going up and down. And it's, you know, because once again, oddly enough, people in the past weren't idiots, <laughs> you know. Their shoes, at least these particular shoes, are designed to walk on, on you know, natural surfaces. Er, natural yeah. surfaces. It's great. So it's wonderful. So then we decide to go to the front of the abbey for whatever reason, and we had to walk across some gravel. Here we
1: were. The, oh, mighty, Norman, the Norman Warriors. <laughs> oh. And we get to the cobblestone gravel.
0: Oh, man, ow, this is too painful. Once
1: we were back across the road.
0: But once again, it illustrates, you know, one of the things that people do with historic article or objects and artifacts or buildings or whatever, they judge them by contemporary standards. And judging by our contemporary standards, you know, our modern shoes are better because we can walk on the ground and the gravel and the... Okay, well, that's not how these shoes were meant to be used put them where they need to be, put them in their context, and they're
1: wonderful. And there is a theory, and I think we've talked about this, uh, looking at period illustrations from the medieval period and knowing how the shoes work. that people walked differently right in the medieval period it was much more of a foot forward springy they would look very odd to us right. to see them walking but because of the way the shoes go right. and everything it's like walking b- the, ball ball the, the ball hits first instead of the first. heel right, right. which and makes
0: sense if you've got a shoe that kind of feels more like barefoot like a than not slippery
1: yes exactly and our modern shoes don't feel that and way and so we have basically according to this theory changed the way we walk right in the last 300 years, right. three, four hundred years, right. well, maybe not three, four. Since the medieval period. It, yes, yes. Since the medieval well, period. Well, since shoes changed. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's even the same, you know, to bring it back around to the to the to to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, architecture has changed, the way people worship has changed, and the way we build has changed. If, right. if We get impatient now when a building takes more than a year and a half to build. Right. Notre Dame was built Two over— Two
0: hundred years. Yeah, I mean, it is a, yeah.
1: it is literally a multi-generational. Yes, and they go into it perfectly knowing that. Yeah, that, that they're because they're the doing guy it. who laid the cornerstone knew he would be long dead when that spire went up. Absolutely, and and so and so it it's a different. That's one of the great things about looking at these objects, and when you restore them or renovate them, and and even why they're important to restore or renovate or preserve. Because they provide links to a past that we do not necessarily know about, but when we learn about it, it's a touchstone of who we are. Mm-hmm. Like I said, these we, we don't think of things this way. We're, we're quite frankly, very comparatively selfish. But yeah. that cathedral, its existence and the way it was created, right. says think, they're thinking about the right. long game, not themselves, this but their not children and our their children's, children's children. Right. Right. We don't do that anymore.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Obviously. And, 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 and that's one reason why... You know, while I was in awe, and in quite frankly, the drone footage of of that burning cross that was the roof was amazing, and I thought, oh, how appropriate! How the medievalists would have loved this, <laughs> in, in, in the sense yeah, of yes, I, it's, yes. It's, it's showing, but it's also, I know how this was built. I know this will this will survive. This, yeah, this will still be here probably in another eight hundred and fifty you oh, hundred. You're gonna have years. to work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's it's, but it's it's there. Yeah, it's there. You know, there's that. Um, Glenn, see if you can help me with this. There's, there's that castle, I'm going to mispronounce the name, that they're actually building using 13th century techniques in France right now. Gosset Long? Gosset uh, long. Yeah. Let uh, me say some more things in a horrible uh, French yes. accent. Uh, oh, what is the name? But anyway, what, what, what the thought that struck me... Almost instantly, when I was looking at the stuff a couple of days ago, was I wonder if they're going to contact those guys because there is a Living History Castle project in France where they are actually building a castle using the the 1300s method, uh, and I and I check into it periodically, and it's yeah, just and,
1: amazing. And and yeah, they're they're you know they're wearing modern clothes, but all the the tools and the all styles, the, tools, of the, the stone the, yeah, carving, the,
0: the setting of the stone, um, the masonry, it's it's all as close. And I, I was wondering, wouldn't it be cool if some of those guys? Got to participate in the in the renovation. It, I, I have
1: to think that they're gonna because you don't want to the stones you're replacing and the and the wood you're replacing. You don't want to use modern machines no, on it's, those. It's gotta be. You don't. Yeah. Get along. Get along. That's Geet it. Get along. Get along. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's. I thought that exact same thing. Yeah. that They may have to tap into those people for for a lot of those different methods. And you know, yeah. like I said, I'd. I'd I get if they want to use a modern crane to lift those stones sure, into place. Sure, but sure, the there, but the actual dressing of the stone and, and the
0: actual hewing of the wood yeah. use those old techniques. You got to. That'd be you got to. And I think Libba, well, we're probably at a yes. Libba <laughs> yeah. says, "Please, yes, you're at a good stopping point. <laughs> so stop. So we will, and uh, we'll uh, we'll not see you next time. <laughs> we'll we'll hopefully you'll listen to we'll, us. But you'll, we'll talk at you. Uh, <laughs>
1: bye, bye, everyone." Then Again with Ken and Glenn is produced by the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center.